This podcast is proudly brought to you by Soul Street Coffee. Start your day with a smile. You can visit them at www.soulstreetcoffee.com. And Anchor, the premier podcast hosting platform. Are you interested in launching your own podcast? Please visit them at anchor.fm. We are pleased to be partnered with our dear friend Rachel Barbo and her organization I'm Changing the Narrative. The mission of I'm Changing the Narrative is to promote positive mental health and good love for yourself and others to serve as an inspiration for students, professionals and parents to create an individual legacy of purpose, passion and platform. Rachel speaks to athletes about taking back the headlines for good, showing them that they have the power to change the narrative and to find their purpose in life outside of their sport. To live lives of purpose, passion and platform. Just like her inspiration, Alabama and NFL star, Kevin Turner did before he succumbed to ALS and CTE. For more information please visit www.iamchangingthenarrative.org Some guys might decide that it's a little too tough or it's a little too hard, it's a little too demanding. I'll give you a little example. I got an anonymous letter from a parent that said, you know, we just kind of bummed out this year that uh, the boys only get two weeks off before they start their summer conditioning program. You know, normally they get three. Well, we gave them a week at the start of the semester rather than at the end. But here's my point, okay? It's Division One football! It's the Big 12! It ain't your murals! You got two weeks after finals, you got a week of July 4th, and you got a week before camp starts. That's a month! That's probably more vacation than you guys get. And we're a little bummed out that we don't get three weeks. Go play intramurals, brother. Go play intramurals. Welcome into this review episode of this week's games in the SEC. Hi, everyone. I am Summer, and I want to thank you for joining us for this podcast. I will be joined by Kenneth in a moment. Here are the scores from the games on Saturday. Kentucky beat Vanderbilt 38-35. Ole Miss beat South Carolina 59-42. Florida beat Arkansas 63-35. And now I would like to welcome in Kenneth. Let's start with your overall impressions from the games on Saturday and then we will go through each game. I know talking with you last night there are a couple of things that really stood out for you. Absolutely, Summer, and it's always a pleasure to be back on. First of all, um, congratulations to uh, the Kentucky Wildcats, Florida Gators, and the Ole Miss Rebels for getting wins on on yesterday. Kentucky needed that win after an emotional week losing their offensive line coach. Um, just your heart, your heartfelt thoughts and prayers go out to um, his family and the. Um, University of Kentucky Wildcat family as well. So let me just start right there. Um, I said if Caltress had um, the kind of performance that he did, that he would be my Heisman front runner. 23 out of 29, 356 yards and six touchdowns absolutely did that. Um, I will give him a slight uh, advantage over the University of Alabama, Mac Jones, who um, had their game with LSU um, postponed due to COVID. 
I think that there's a chance that that game will be made up uh, the last weekend of the regular season where um, the Florida LSU game had been bumped to that weekend. I think that uh, the SEC is going to make a change and make that game um, that basically the finale in the uh, SEC right before championship week. Um, We were planning on having this podcast ready earlier in the day, but we kind of got tipped off to some uh, breaking news that just happened in the SEC about a little over an hour ago, and that's the University of South Carolina's head coach, Will Muschamp, um, effective immediately, will be stepping down as the head coach. Um, Will and the University of South Carolina have decided uh, to part ways after three consecutive losses, um, really bad losses um, to boot. Um, So that's the reason why we delayed this podcast um, to the extent we did. Uh, Since there's only three games to break down, I'm just going to go ahead and jump into these uh, really quickly. And we're going to start right there with the um, South Carolina Ole Miss game. Ole Miss did enough to win this ball game, and that's about as nicely as it can be put. Put up 59 points, um, basically 14 points in the first quarter, 10 in the second, uh, 14 in the third, and 21 in the fourth quarter. Um, We've talked all season long about how um, much of a struggle it is, and it's continued to be for this Ole Miss defense. South Carolina gave, um, scored 42 points, which for them should have been enough to win this ball game. Uh, fantastic job by their running back, Kevin Harris, 25 carries, 243 yards and five touchdowns. Elijah Moore had another fantastic game, and I believe um, it's the first Ole Miss wide receiver to have uh, two 200-yard um, games in a single season. 13 catches, 225, two touchdowns. Um, Matt Corral continued to build on that performance he had from last week, going 28 for 35, 513 yards and four touchdowns. Like I said, the Ole Miss offense under Lane Kiffin is going to be a problem for years to come in the SEC West and the SEC but they have to plug some major holes on that defense if they want to contend for an SEC West uh, championship. Moving to our next game, uh, Arkansas and Florida. Like I said in the um, lead-up, Kyle Trask is just continuously going in a very hot hot start to his season and firmly uh, putting his name in the mix for the Heisman Trophy. Um, Florida absolutely did enough on offense. Um, of course, going 63 points is definitely enough to get it done. Um, gave up 35 points to Arkansas and had Arkansas hit some of those deeper shots that they were taking. Not saying that Arkansas would have won this game, but that margin of victory would have definitely been tighter. And as Florida gets ready for their eventual matchup in the SEC championship game against Alabama, 
you're not going to get away with having wide open wide receivers uh, in your secondary and the quarterback on the opposing team missing those shots. Mac Jones is not going to miss five or six deep shots where the wide receiver is wide open and he just either overthrows it or um, underthrows it. So that's something for Todd Grantham and this Florida uh, team to get uh, hammered out in these next couple of games before getting ready to take on Alabama for the SEC championship and a birth to the college football playoffs. Finally, the Kentucky Wildcats and Vandy, as I said, um, a much needed um, win from an emotional standpoint for this Kentucky program, given everything that they dealt with this week. Uh, fantastic job by Chris Rodriguez, uh, running back for Kentucky, 13 carries, 149 yards, two touchdowns, broke a um, long run to really kind of put that game away for Kentucky. Uh, Vandy fought the entire ball game. And if I'm a Commodores fan right now, and I want you to hear this, your record of 0-6 means absolutely nothing right now. And I'll, I'll get to that when I talk about Kentucky here in just a moment. You are developing your quarterback right now for next season. Ken Seals, if I'm a Commodore um, fan, I feel much more confident about my quarterback situation going into next fall than programs like Tennessee, who still don't know who their signal caller is going to be going into next season. And that leads me into um, a conversation that I have to have with the University of Kentucky. So let's take a look at the box score numbers. And I'm going to basically build a case of why I'm making this statement. Terry Wilson is coming off of a horrific knee injury. But the knee injury is not why he's struggling because his mobility is back. And you saw that on that 32-yard touchdown run he had um, in his ball game. Terry Wilson ran uh, seven times for 83 yards, almost 12 yards per carry and a touchdown, as I mentioned. So the knee injury is not why Kentucky needs to make a move at the quarterback position. Terry Wilson has regressed as a passer. And I know Kentucky fans, and I, I want you to just, just bear with me and listen. Terry Wilson completed all but two passes on Saturday. He went 13 for 15. He threw for 110 yards. I can't tell you how hard that is for you to complete 13 passes, only have two incompletions, and only have 110 yards passing. So I'm going to go into um, what the Kentucky... Uh, head coach and coordinator obviously must think about their confidence 
in Terry Wilson. Eddie Grand, who is the offense coordinator for Kentucky, called a game that was one you would expect to see from a true freshman who had never stepped on the field in college. And even then, I think this um, offensive play calling would have been better than what we saw on Saturday. So your coach doesn't have confidence to call deep passes uh, with Terry Wilson as the quarterback. Every pass that he completed, none of your wide receivers were able to get any kind of separation. Um, and if you take out the 21-yard pass to Keaton Upshaw, his numbers are even worse than they already are. So let's just take a look at some of the wide receiver numbers here. Josh Ali, three catches, 15 yards, five yards per reception. Isaiah Epps, one catch, eight yards. Smoke, one catch, nine yards. Daly, one catch, five yards. Rose, one catch, four yards. So you don't have a wide receiver who, after he even makes a catch, is able to make a guy miss and pick up an extra 10, 12 yards after the catch. So not only do you have a quarterback issue, you have wide receivers that are on scholarship who cannot make a defender miss in space and help out his quarterback. Kentucky, if you want to take that next step as a program to where you're not just beating Vanderbilt, Mississippi State, even a Missouri, and right now South Carolina, if you want to go beyond just beating those four teams in the conference, you have to make the decision right now with these final three games on your schedule and see if Bo Allen can muster up any kind of better passing attack than what you've shown thus far. And I'm not saying that Bo Allen is the answer, but right now he cannot be worse than what you have right now with Terry Wilson and Joey Gatewood. Kentucky, you've built a solid program. And if it wasn't for this conference-only schedule, I think that uh, you would have at least two more non-conference wins. So that would give you five wins right now going into um, the final quarter of the season. So you have a good thing going, but 
if you don't want to regress as a program, you have to develop a passing attack to go along with a really good running running game. I mean, 35 carries, 308 yards, three three touchdowns. I don't care if it's against Vanderbilt or pick a high school in Kentucky. Doesn't matter. Getting eight yards per carry in the SEC is a huge accomplishment. Gaining 300 yards rushing is a huge accomplishment. But you're not going to get 300 yards rushing next week against Alabama. Feel pretty safe in saying that. And if you're going to march Terry Wilson out there, and if Terry Wilson thinks he's going to get 85 to 100 yards rushing against Alabama, not likely to happen. So what better opportunity, and I, I gave this same blueprint to the University of Tennessee right before before they played Alabama. You put Bo Allen in there and you let him play the entire game because winning the game is not your number one objective. It's your number two. Developing your future quarterback to go into next season when all of Kentucky radio, all of the um, message boards, they're going to say, Bo Allen is our unquestioned quarterback, and now we can start building this young man through spring practice and um, summer workouts, fall, fall camp, and get him ready for next season. I said that Tennessee needed to do that. What did Tennessee do? They marched Jared Garantano right back out there to get beat by Alabama. So you're not going to beat Alabama, but what better way to find out what kind of metal Bo Allen has as a quarterback than to put him in a full live game against the number one team in the country, a team that um, you can say, this is what we are right now, and this is what we're trying to build to. So. If I'm on that coaching staff for Kentucky, all week long, the only guy that I'm getting ready to face the University of Alabama is Bo Allen. And I just want to see what kind of intestinal fortitude the young man has. I wouldn't care if he threw one interception. I wouldn't care if he threw five interceptions. wouldn't care if he threw three interceptions that went back for touchdowns. Like I said, that's not the point. What I want to see this young man do in this game coming up against Alabama is if he has some struggles, if he has some setbacks, how does he come off um, off the field after throwing an interception or after going three and out or if a running back fumbles? Does he still have that passion, that energy, that, that drive to say, hey, we're still going to be in this ball game? Or does he put his head in his chest and goes to the sideline, puts a towel over his head, and he mentally is already defeated? But you're not going to find that out in practice because practice is very scripted. You can script practice to give you whatever kind of results you want to get. 
you can make a quarterback look really good in practice because the wide receivers aren't getting hit. Um, your, your quarterback's not getting hit. Your offensive line is not missing assignments. So you can script practice however you want. But until you put these young quarterbacks in positions to succeed and fail, you're not going to know what they're made out of. So that would be my recommendation to the University of Kentucky. It's not about beating Alabama. It's not about beating Florida uh, the following week. It's facing the two best teams in the conference right now. How does this young man come back after some struggles and maybe even some successes? Does he throw a couple of touchdowns, whether it's against the second string um, defense for Alabama or Florida or not? It's about giving him the confidence to do so. If you want to make that next step as a program, this is absolutely the mandatory step that you have to take. Start Bo Allen next week against Alabama. And as long as he isn't injured, start him the following week against Florida and the season finale against South Carolina. Thank you, Kenneth. We also want to say thank you for listening. Be sure to head over to Amazon and pick up a copy of our good friend David Walker's book, I'll Tell You When You're Good. Please give a follow to our good friend Ole Miss Evie on Twitter at Ole Miss Evie and her fantastic site at The Rebel Walk. As well as our dear friend Rachel Barbo and her amazing organization on Changing the Narrative. Please visit www.imchangingthenarrative.org. We want to say a special thank you to our friends on the Emerald Coast. You can catch Kenneth on the Southern Gentleman Sports Show on Saturdays with Georgia Dog, Pac-12 Dave, Irish Bill, Tiger Mike, Nolcore and Miss Callie Cash on the ticket 850. So head over to their website at www.wearesportsradio.com where you can stream the show. Also be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at time underscore advantage. For Kenneth this is Summer. And remember whether it is the NFL, the NBA, the NHL, the English Premier League and coming soon the SEC and Ohio Valley Conference in basketball, we are the Crunch Time Sports Advantage Network and we are here to help you find your sports advantage. Be sure to join us for our next show as we will preview this coming Saturday's games. Thank you.